0: (laughs) What's up everyone, it's Randy Bruce from Survivor Now, your go-to source for international and U.S. Survivor. My team and I have been putting in the work to bring you even more content covering everyone's favorite competition show. We now offer more content than ever over on our YouTube page through our new subscription tier system. Sign up today for either our casual, superfan, or the tribe tiers to get exclusive content only available for our most committed listeners prices start at just 99 cents a month and our top membership the tribe is only 5.99 a month come on come on you cannot beat that price for exclusive videos interviews and meet and greets with your favorite survivor castaways head on over to our youtube page to subscribe today and don't forget to check out all of the content that we offer at www.survivornowpodcast.com
1: hi everyone welcome to the podcast my name is matthew and i am joined by survivor now analyst ali randy wanted to be here but he is preoccupied at the moment today we are reviewing episode seven of survivor cambodia second chances be sure to subscribe to our youtube channel and follow us on instagram and threads at survivor now podcast we're also on x at survivor now pod did you hear Survivor Now podcast is now offering YouTube channel memberships? Yeah. If you want to support the channel while also getting exclusive content, you can check out our membership tiers in the graphic below and select the best option that works for you. Of course, if you are unable to join at this time, liking this video and leaving comments is another great way to show support. Okay. This is a very exciting episode. I'm I'm I really I'm eager to get into it because it's a merge episode. Yay! Finally. (laughs) Finally. But before we get there, we're going to check in with Takeo. It's day 17. And Cass starts off the episode by saying that uh, what the great thing about Second Chance is, is the layers of relationships that you have coming into the game. Because you don't really know where everyone is. And I think this is really great foreshadowing for what's to come.
2: Yeah.
3: Like, it was really nice to kind of see, like, obviously... Cass. I feel like Cass was very um what's the word? She she was very reminiscent and very I feel like everything she was saying was how you would sum up what probably like Jeff Probes and the producers were thinking second chances should be. So it was very nice to kind of hear that you know that's where she was coming from and everyone. Um obviously she was had just voted in majority, so she was she was. She was in that kind of happy state, you like reminiscing state.
1: Maybe more than some other people. Savage. Oh, I'll join you with that. <clears throat> yeah. No, Savage uh, is not a happy camper. He says that everyone mm-hmm. on his tribe are excellent liars. So that's a, a nice little compliment for them, I guess. Um, but he, <laughs> he's he's. Feeling betrayed by Cass and by everyone on mm. his tribe, he got blindsided.
3: Yeah, it's funny that he calls everyone else liars, yet he was lying to
1: Spencer. <laughs> I also found it was interesting that he was like, "You could have come to me." That's hey, everyone! It. You could have you could have told me what the vote was. I would have been fine with it. The, <laughs>
3: that is the classic survivor um, downplayer. Of- you could have told me. You could have told me I would have voted this person. That is That is that. That is the one of the oldest tricks in the book. And, like, again, I'm not going to knock Savage, because in that regard, like, probably if I was in that situation, maybe that was something I would play up. But I think now, and especially you kind of see it from kind of around this season onwards, using that card, everyone just goes. So, like, you can tell he was annoyed. There was a funny quote that he kind of said, which I feel like alludes to his game, like, so far. Because um, he was referring to Cass and he was like, she was by on now she's just a Takeo. And I'm like, Ooh. I know, I was very much sat there like, oh, okay. Um, so basically anyone does something against you, they're no longer in this buy-on family.
1: And we'll talk a lot more about the buy-on family um as we get farther into this episode. They're clearly a very big major alliance. Uh, but let's talk about Spencer real quick. We sort of brought him up before. He's now relying on Cass. Yeah. I never thought I would see him in this position.
3: <laughs> I don't think Spencer saw himself in this position. Um I feel like Spencer kind of came in. Again, we kind of see how Spencer came into the game very much wanting to get into a better position than he did and unfortunately the tables turned on him and I feel like he he probably thought in his brain he was gonna come in and be like, Cass isn't gonna be a problem for me. Cass is probably gonna be out before I even have to deal with her. And it's like, no. So it will be interesting to see like now that they have like worked together and actually to Cass's credit, she has done him a solid. Will that continue?
1: We're going to find out this episode. I have to, before we go any further, I like how much focus is on the Cagayan cast. I think clearly there's a lot of history there between them as players, and it's mm. cool to sort of see their narrative play out. Yeah,
3: I feel like when you look at kind of the cast and who would, because st- right now you have three people from Cagayan and three people from San Juan del Sur. And you kind of would think like, oh, maybe there's that whole thing. But it seems like there is a lot more history. And that's the word I'm going to use. <laughs> there's more history there with Kagayan than there is with Sam Woundell. So it seems like those three particularly have gone, it's a new, fresh game. Whereas it kind of seems like Kagayan is still like, no, I'm keeping on to this path.
1: And I think that the strategy of starting fresh and having a clean slate for everyone is going to do wonders for the San Juan del Sur Mm. folks because they're treating it as a brand new game. It's not a continuation of what happened last time. Let's go over to buy again, day 17 they receive tree mail that says uh, it's going to be, they don't. It doesn't explicitly say it's a merge, but it does say head towards the end of your beach and await for visitors. Yeah. So there's a lot of speculation going on. They're starting to get the hint that this might be a 13 person merge. Do you know? Is that the largest merge in Survivor um, history at the time? Yeah. Yeah.
3: So it, uh, taking you in U.S. Survivor, yeah, I know that was the first. I believe that was the first time ever a 13 person merge had occurred. So obviously they they were all kind of expecting like right we're gonna have two rounds but jokes on them no we're gonna go for one round um and i think i think that's kind of good like i think that is quite an interesting thing to do because again it keeps players on their toes and what they did expect to happen it's like no psych so i was excited for it
1: yeah i really like this i feel like when you merge at nine or ten there usually is a clear majority alliance and a clear minority and it sort of for the for the next couple of weeks it sort of goes along that same pattern i found that there was a lot of wiggle room that they could do with this
3: yeah i feel like with both tribes there was kind of wiggle room and sort of right what's actually happening because and i know sierra alluded it on to ko she was very much like when when they both got the tree males it was kind of like she's so sh- she was being very socially aware being like i know savage is sh- is gonna prefer this and she kind of knows like this is potentially gonna bite me in- bite me in the bum so i again throughout the episode i could see what she was doing um this was
1: it was not great timing for sierra and for cass and anyone else who blindsided. No savage it made me think oh you probably really should have gotten rid of savage instead of blue yes well also uh the, someone who is excited for this is savage this is a uh, very exciting news for him It you know it's funny with his character he was dreading a tribe swap when he went to angor And now he is all for, now that he's on the bottom, he's all for switching things up and potentially calling a new beach home. Uh, So he's really excited to get going there. And before they do leave for the beach, Cass, Sierra, Abby, and Spencer all agree to stick together.
3: Mm. Yeah, which I think was smart for them to do straight away. I'm trying to now remember if Savage made Merge in his original season. I can't remember. I need to look back. I was. Yeah, I'll look
1: to... it up in the archives. Yeah, but um,
3: no, I think that was definitely something that, you know, for Cass's reassurance and Sierra's, I think it was a smart thing to do because it kind of does put that thing of right, Spencer. Like, what we're we gonna do? Like, are we? Oh, it was this a one time thing or have we got each other's back? I've got your back.
1: So. I feel like any numbers that you could possibly secure right before a merge, you have to, even if you know you're, it's not majority, at least knowing that there is group of people that you can potentially say they are on my side. I think that's really important.
3: It's ensuring like going into a merge, you're you have an idea of where the numbers are or can go. You want to ensure that you kind of know where people sit because it's, it will be the ones that you're unsure of or, because I don't even want to say swing, I want to say the, one, the ones that you're unsure of are going to be the scary ones, because you don't actually know where they are, whereas someone could just be good with both sides, like we see later on, and that's where the swing vote comes into play
1: absolutely but we do find out it is officially a merge we do get a merge feast something that we are seeing less of these days so it was kind of nice to see it in this in this past season uh so it's all starting off as as fun and games and reacquainting um joe does say that he is very nervous seeing how many people there are now to navigate uh it, it, and he says it's like it's like being back at day one again which is kind of true for something yeah. like this you you all of a sudden the lines are blurred oh yeah well obviously merge is such a re like a reset in the
3: game in the sense of it's a completely different phase to what they've been kind of doing it's like there's always been this set of people but they've always had that thing of there's another tribe dynamic going on. Now it is just one tribe and all the dynamics are merging in together. Um, uh Um, So it's just seeing kind of how that's all going to go. That was my best dad joke. I know, I feel like
1: I should remove you from the stream because of that.
3: (laughs) Um, But it is, to be fair, the one good thing though about merge is we see some people that have finally kind of had not the redemption, but they have. They've definitely shown that they have now done better than their previous seasons. With I remember specifically Wentworth and yeah. Kimmy first time they've made merge. So well done to them.
1: I, absolutely, and Kelly's particularly excited that she has made merge. I feel like that goes back to when she played the game Blood vs Water. She had someone else that she had to sort of play for while she was there. This is a, a wonderful. This is this game is completely hers right Mm -hmm. now and it's it's great to see um and then she also starts with the strategy talk so she asks takeo you know what happened how did it become woo and uh kimmy is also really surprised to hear that Cass did not vote for spencer so clearly the woo vote was shocking to people Mm -hmm.
3: Well I mean, first of all, you had Cass just spilling everything and being very open. She was like, Yeah, this is what happened. Um, Savage and Wiggles were on the outs of it. Um but they didn't allude like right away to why Woo had gone. They kind of just were like, Yeah, this was the vote, like it was us for that voted this way, they voted that way. Um but yeah it was then quite funny you could see people just slowly sitting there listening taking it all in stephen who then was just like gonna then analyze and become the game bot that he wants to be
1: yeah he also he's like oh everything's so great but he is itching to start the strategy talk again Mm -hmm. he he is he cannot wait to figure out where everyone lands and he like he's so eager to get to it so (laughs) sorry my I, i just got to the point in my notes where it talks about his poem that's a little bit later but i'm really excited to talk about the poem uh so we do hear some more things going on at the merge feast itself um Spencer also throws out that chaos cast was sort of his savior in the last vote. So I feel like he's sort of kind of like propping Cass up in a sense. It's, it's a, it's a nice strategy for him.
3: He's no, so that I, when I looked back and remembered this part, he was propping Cass up, but also to kind of put the spotlight on her. Cause he like, why specifically say chaos, Cass? Because she wasn't chaotic at that point. It was, oh no, me and Cass taught and we decided to work together. Oh, because the thing is, she was being very open and discussing everything, like so that there was no actually, no, this was it was there was no he said, she said. She was being very open. Um, I in my opinion, to everyone's benefit, because then it was like At the end of the day, she said, yep, Savage and Wiggles thing. So they can't sit there and be like, well, actually that's true. So I feel like, because I I do feel like in, in a manipulation way, Spencer was kind of there being like, this is my chance to kind of prop her up and be like, look at what she's doing. She's actually playing, like, look at her. And to kind of keep himself under the radar.
1: Yeah, we see a lot of people sort of get annoyed at Cass, even angry at Cass for playing the game. I'd love to talk about this more, especially as we get into more of the strategy post-immunity. Because, in my opinion, even in Kageon and now, it it feels like Cass has gotten an unfair view of playing the game.
3: Yeah. I think she... But I feel like it's that thing of... So I know that with the kind of this merge group, and I know we're probably about to talk about it, there is sort of this sense of the people that want to play and the people that wanna play like a family. And their alliances are family. Um specifically, I I'm sorry if I'm on the hate train, but Savage. Because he's the one that brings up in the episode um this whole Takeo versus Bion thing. And obviously he kind of he brings up all of the allies. And he mentions Wiggles as a true Bion, and I'm like, okay, because um, because she's loyal. I'm like, so you're saying anyone that's not on a bar in the Bion side is not loyal? Cool. Um, they may be loyal, just not to you. Um, so it's kind of that thing you see, and it's it's okay. We've all we've all got this friendship group, and that's what we're gonna go on. Whereas Cass is very much like it's the game. We've got. A, do what we've got to do, I'm going to see who's best to align myself with and go from there. And I feel like there is an unapologeticness where she's like, we all kind of just need to remember it's a game. So when it comes to the game side, is what it is. And I feel like that's kind of what sometimes is missed. On the other side, they kind of are like, oh, well, how do you, How can you do this? We've, we've built such a great connection. And it's like, it's a million dollars. Yeah,
1: it's like that moral compass that's driving yep. another tribe. Did you notice when – I forgot to mention this before, but I, it has to do with Savage. When he was thinking it was going to be the merge, he said explicitly that he was excited to get back with his on brothers. So, so there is another hierarchy that he's sort of hinting at in his confessionals at least, which we'll get to. And he and Jeremy reconnect. And they sort of establish that their numbers, like you said, Wiggles is one of them. But they establish that their seven-person alliance is going to be Tasha, Fishback, Kimmy, Wiggles, and Joe. If Savage can confirm with Joe and get him to swing. I think Keith as well. Oh, yes. Keith is in there, Joe. Yeah.
3: yeah, so... It was very funny that when he was talking to Jeremy, the first person he mentions out of nowhere is the person he wanted to go after before Fishback, and I was like, "Oh, is he is he finally up there now for you? How lovely!" Um, <laughs> and then he goes Tasha, and then Kimmy, and it's very much I feel like we've we've seen how kind of transparent. Um Savage is with with the viewers in his confessionals that we kind of know his hierarchy. So yeah, it's it's
1: mm. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I don't want to see Savage at the end. I think he I think he's wonderful television, like for reality TV. I think he's he's a great character. He's sort of the antagonist, I would say, at this point in this season. Um and that's fantastic. I'm going with what I said before when we talked about the woo vote. Savage seems like a very easy person to blindside. And I'm sort of getting the impression that that is what's his. That's going to be his fate. As a reminder to anyone who's watching this along with what with us and is rewatching the season. This is my first time watching the season. The only thing I'm aware of is the winner and nothing else. So I'm just reading into the edit, trying to piece the story together. And again, Savage just seems like a very easy person to blindside.
3: I think with Savage, I kinda mentioned it last episode, when you watch the season back, there are periods where he sort of sometimes has the blinders on and it's it's making sure he has that person to help him take off the blinders and go, keep an eye out. Um, Cause again, I think like last round, the reason it was so easy to blindside Woo is because he just had his blinders on and he couldn't he couldn't see what the others were talking about and because he pushed so hard and made his point across the blinders. Um, so yeah, he needed Tasha. T- so now that he has Tasha, now will those blinders remain?
1: Let's see. Let's see. I I seem to think that he might pull away from Tasha again. I think because he has his. on bros like i think that he's going to really encapsulate himself in that group Mm -hmm. um so we'll we'll see about that but then on the flip of this we get kelly and cass kelly wentworth and cass who are discussing their numbers and they want to include abby spencer sierra keith in this group and joe joe between the two alliances that were listed joe was the only one whose name appeared twice. Yes. So I
3: think it's very clear that Joe is in this swing position. And again, I want to say there's a difference between swing and wild card. And I feel like we have one that's one, one that's a wild card and one that's a swing. Joe is the swing. Yes. Because both sides kind of want to work with him. And then the other person who is kind of in the middle, but is more of a wild card, is Spencer. Because it's very clear he has the connections with Takeo, with kind of Fishback and Jeremy and Tasha to a degree, but he has also built this connection on the other side with Cass and Sierra. So it's seeing where he actually does feel like he wants
1: to go, which makes him more of a wild card. That's true. Because no one really, and also with Cass, no one really knows what is up with that relationship. They know that they have butted heads in the past but now they're working together it's a very confusing dynamic where it's like okay but are you seriously working together like what's the status of this relationship here yeah Yeah. but let's see let's talk about savage uh trying to reconnect with joe uh this was and you know a pretty typical conversation he tries to reconnect with joe and see where he's at but the main goal of this conversation is to get joe to stay by on strong and stick with the numbers and joe's kind of playing into this i feel like he's like um he acknowledges that savage is playing with his heart and is like very very clearly wearing his heart on his sleeve so he's easy to read his emotions easy to blindside, uh, and wants to, but Joe's saying he wants to keep his options open, because he does sort yeah. of have this connection with uh, Kelly Wentworth, in particular, from yeah. the Tribe swaps.
3: Yeah, so I think, he, like, it's, it, again, it's that thing of, it's very obvious that um, Savage is a very emotion like, a not emotional player, but like we said, heart on his sleeve, he'll not emotional, but he's a very almost up Grump player in the sense of you can always kind of gauge where he's he's an open book emotionally if that makes any sense um so i feel like for joe joe can see that and be like okay this is that could be a good option because it's like i can at least gauge there where i know like i can kind of gauge people's emotions and seeing how they feel and get that sense a lot more easier um but no i agree like i feel like we've kind of slowly been seeing throughout the season this sort of unlikely pair of Kelly and Joe, that they've been kind of, there's there's always just been something where it's like, they've always had a really nice chat and you can kind of see that they've got similar personalities where they can just get along very like socially. And then that has also stemmed game wise. So I think when Joe is wanting to keep his options open, it's because he can see the benefit of still having some members of the other side in case anything goes on here because i think he knows that he or he always knows he's gonna have this big target because he's joey amazing um that that is a nickname of his um because he's joey amazing he knows that there will be people that may start to look at him so he's kind of seeing like right who can i kind of get somewhere and i think kelly's one of those people
1: i haven't seen his original season but that just sounds like a very easy nickname to get I very obvious I,
3: yeah i can't remember what season but i know in one of the seasons he's nicknamed jerry amazing
1: oh okay i see it might not be his original one interesting <laughs> um, um so let's talk about kelly wentworth for a second as well since we just brought her up she talks to spencer and this gives spencer the information that he is truly in the middle with joe so he is now made aware of all the, the different alliances in the merge. And I think he is at him and Joe are at the best position for this vote.
3: Yeah, they they've managed to somehow get themselves into this. Because again, I don't think so for Joe, I think he's he was able to position himself there very well because he was he he kind of knew he could kind of sense that he was always going to have kind of the buy on people wanting to stay with him. Because he built a good connection with savage and jeremy with the alpha males and then he worked on the other side with getting the girls good sorry um so he was always in this good position spencer i feel like just due to not the roller coaster he's had but because he's had to fight and fight and fight he does kind of become this number so i can see it and you kind of obviously we did see the both talking um, and trying to decide where they're being. And I do have a,
1: an opinion on that one. <laughs> Ooh, do tell. Do you want to wait or do you want to say it now?
3: No, I can. Yeah, no, no. So I, I assume we're going to talk about, obviously, them two talking. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, so I obviously love- we, we see them two talking on the beach and they're, they, they're very open about it. It's very clear we're both in the, um, like the swing position and they start like, like layering up who's where and what's this. And Spencer, out of nowhere, becomes condescending and is like, I'm going to talk to Joe like this. And I'm like, Joe is a they, very yeah.
1: They're here.
3: We're yeah. going
1: here. And We're
3: then he's here. like, Bruh. he's like, Joe, do, 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 do. and I'm like, Joe is a very capable player. I was like, he hasn't just gotten into this position willy-nilly. I was like, no one just no one randomly gets into the middle you position yourself like i will always say this if you position yourself in the middle you don't get there by luck so when i saw spencer talking and was like i'm dumbing it down for joe i was like no i was like joe very much got into that position himself because he is a very savvy player i was like so there's no need for this condescending confessional thug
1: And also, Spencer, if it's that difficult to explain that there are two large alliances and you two are smack in the middle, maybe you're explaining it incorrectly. It shouldn't take that long.
3: No, it should just be these people are this side. They're this side. We're here. How are you
1: feeling about people? Yeah, it didn't need all of that sand art, but we get a lot of sand art this episode which i was excited to see i love sand art when they do it 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 makes me feel like oh we're forming a plan (laughs) and the plans usually fail it's really fun um (laughs) i'm glad we talked about that because i also was just like what are what are they doing here (laughs) and i i want to think like i want to think maybe during spencer's confessional the producer was sort of like guiding him to be like how did you break it down for joe how did you was Joe confused? Like I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it was yeah. that. But, you know who knows, who knows. <laughs> well, let's go to day nineteen. Uh, actually, this sort of bleeds into it, but Cass has been trying to get information from Tasha, and she, you know, Cass is sort of right in her feelings. She does feel like there is a bro down going on, correct, and that Bayon is all still together, also correct. So yeah. her inklings are correct. But she starts trying to get this information out of Tasha. And Tasha's like, you betrayed me on our original season. I'm not playing with you. And it is very clear that Tasha and Cass are just on opposite yeah. lines.
3: It's, it sounds like, again, this probably sounds like I'm going it's, to... It's not a full negative to Tasha, but it's very clear she's holding her loss season resentment and it's like again second chances you've got to learn to adapt and because I think Cass she was very clear on the dynamics and it was when you watched it when I watched it back it was like Cass is like there was points I was like Cass I was like slightly threatening I was like we calm that down but to to Cass's like credit she was kind of being like this seems like the dynamics this seems what's going on you could be a potential threat due to your challenge pro esque and it's very true because Tasha won three immunities in her last season so she is very much capable. Um and then obviously Tasha just comes up with this very bogus story. Um and it's like I it's like I was watching it and I was like technically I am nowhere near Cambodia but I can feel that lie from all the way over in the UK. I was like y- you can smell that lie from over here. Um, so I feel like that didn't really do her any favors because you could actually see the ingen ungenuineness i think that's the, word. the word
1: No, that's not the right word
3: something but basically you you could it was very clear she was not giving past the genuineness that you you should have at least tried to do with that
1: in that now, situation. i'll say i i didn't it wasn't in Cass's tone, I never really got uh, threatening. What I did get more was very matter of fact. But my biggest issue with Cass's gameplay here is that it seemed like she did not know when to let off the gas. You know, she she yeah. sort of she kept. Uh-huh. I feel, yeah, and I I feel like with Cass, she knew what she was trying to prove instantly. And I feel like seeing Tasha's lie very clearly, that should have been enough information for her to say, okay, great talk. Yeah. Go on your way. I think she, I think Cass
3: wanted confirmation of, yeah, we're good, let's carry on. And when she didn't get that, she was like, no, I'm going to keep prodding then. And then I think that's where Tasha could feel that, Cass could then feel had hesitation so then both of them will kind of go in. Hmm. So I, I, I do feel like there could be something brewing there.
1: Well, something is definitely brewing because right after our very quick one minute ad break, we are going to talk about an argument that happens at camp. So we'll be right back.
2: My name is Jonah Fielko, and I'm the CEO of Bracketology.tv, fantasy sports for reality television. We offer fantasy games for shows like The Bachelor, Survivor, Big Brother, RuPaul's Drag Race, and Counting. You start by creating a community. Within your community, you can create a fantasy league for each show that you want to play fantasy games for. Within the league, you can choose up to three of our four game types, and our most popular is the Advanced League. Choose a team of contestants, and depending on what they do and say during the episode, That's how your team will gain or lose points each week. We also have elimination-style games like our confidence pool. This is where you choose how confident you are that each contestant will survive elimination that week. And we've also got March Madness-style brackets. Come back a couple hours after the episode to check your scores and watch you climb the leaderboard. Bracketology is free to play, so grab your friends, your family, your coworkers, and head to bracketology.tv for more info.
1: Right, so let's get into this argument that happens at the new camp. So oh, by the way, the merge tribe is called Orkin. We'll figure or- it out next time. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll, we'll see how they pronounce it. Uh so again, Cass is convinced that the Bion OG Bion tribe has an alliance still. And she's been trying to get Tasha to tell her this information uh so they bring it back to camp and that's basically where this starts they're basically continuing their conversation in front of everyone now with Tasha sort of explaining what's going on and how uh she said um she's never said anything to Cass and Cass is like hey Tasha and I just had this conversation where Tasha said that there is no more bion tribe what is Cass trying to do Cause I think I know, but I don't I don't think she's using the information in the most useful way.
3: I mean, my brain just wants to say she's turning back into chaos cats, um, which entertaining as hell. Um, I think she's just trying to see if there's any cracks. Cause I think she can kind of tell that like this group of people that no, I'm not gonna say it like that. Um, this group of people that are a family um, clearly there it will not be a family for the entire time so she's kind of like right we might as well just try and cause this family disruption now and just be like so guys we're saying it's by strong. and she probably also knows that her name is getting thrown around because I think Cass is very good at social awareness um, she's very good at kind of sensing and knowing if something is off so i think she's probably noticed that straight away and gone right okay let me just kind of throw try and throw a spanner and see if it knocks anyone out um so that's probably what that's my gauge on it
1: i'm i'm with you the like the way that i feel like she misinterpreted this move is that she didn't give specifics and i also think it didn't help that she said it to everyone out loud all at once yeah i feel like if she really wanted to put doubts into people's heads and plant that seed she should have spoken to people Mm one-on-one you know and sort of slide in the tasha said she's not working with bion you know like like sort of slide that in there um so i feel like it was a missed opportunity and i like how kimmy was just like hey you two have a lot of history from your past season let's just clean slate this let's just let's just erase the board and and start over and they're very clear that that's not going to happen between the two of them
2: but then this Sierra jumps in
1: oh no
3: i just want to say this is where one of them two goes to kimmy and asks for an all-girls alliance and then gets called a
1: rat continue <laughs> Oh Justice. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's for you, Ollie. Um, but let's talk about Sierra jumping into this conversation and making it even more confusing. Yeah. I
3: looking back, I was like, well done, well, at first like when I was watching it, I was like, well done, Sierra. And then I looked back and I was like, there was no context. Had had there been some sort of way that it, she was able to bring that into the conversation. But it, it seems from the edit, it looks like obviously she kind of came out of nowhere and was like, This is why we're saying this. Um, I mean, because the thing is, with what she was saying, I don't see the lie. Because technically, Wu, um, Savage was getting closer to Woo. And when she broke it down, she was like, Well, actually, this is why we went against, we went for Woo and why we went for Savage, because Savage is saying he's Bayon strong, but wanted, was working with Wiggles and Woo, who wasn't a part of Bayon. So it wasn't the fact that what she was saying, technically she had merit, it was the fact that wrong place, wrong time.
1: Right, she was correct. Savage, Woo getting too close. Also, I'm sure at some point in their conversations at their camp, the, you know, whether he wanted to or not, the idea that there were larger threats on the other tribe probably came up, probably to yeah. protect Savage himself. So it was odd to me. I love that you thought that this was uh, like good on her at first because the, at the moment she did it, I was just like, why are you inserting yourself here? Yeah. I, it was also for me, what made me instantly say, no one's going to buy this. Is the fact that she voiced something was challenged by the people there. So, right. She said, she hinted at Savage said, Jeremy is a strong threat. And then when she was challenged by Savage about how that's a lie, I never said that she instantly backpedaled her own and said, no, 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 that's not, that's not what I said. I didn't say that. You said that I said, that you hinted and it just like, it just got very confusing, very. Yeah. Funny. Again,
3: it's one of those things where she she tried, she, again, wrong place, wrong time. And I think because people's backs were up anyway with the Cass and Tasha thing, as soon as she came up to it, it was, well, hold on, let's get clarity then. And when she, when she even did a little tiny bit of backpedaling, it was the little bit that Savage needed to be like, and we're going to remove it. And it was like, oh, because now, because of that, I do feel like people aren't going to actually take what Sierra said as credible when. There is some truth to it. There's some merit.
1: You're right. You're right. They're not going to take what she said at face value it's that's that yeah. what was so that what was that's what was hard to watch because i'm rooting for cass sierra wentworth um everyone who's in abby you know like i'm i'm rooting for them also i forgot to mention this i just i want to backpedal a little bit when cass and kelly were having the conversation about who to work with and they mentioned abby Cass said, and I want to quote this so I get it right. um Cass said in re- in response to including Abby in their numbers, she said that, "Oh, that's great because Abby knows she can't win." And yeah. I was like, "I I'd love to ask Abby at some point. At this point in the game, you know, were you still feeling confident? Because I I'd love to know. Like, was was Abby? Did Abby really think she couldn't win? Because I." think she has a strong case to this point in the game
3: yeah right now she has a very she does have an underdog story in the sense of everyone was counting her out everyone was calling her too emotional yet she's still there and she has been a part of some of the votes like pg woo Varna, like there are people that when you look at that vote, she gets credit for. So yeah, I think it and it might be that thing of emotionally, she's kind of feeling like uh, no one's just going to vote for me on, like, I can't think of the word. They they just they're gonna personally just because she's annoying or something. They're not going to vote for her, which I would hope people are not that bad at.
1: Yeah, especially with a group of returning players. I hope they understand good game is good game. Yeah. Uh, so let's get to the individual immunity challenge. So again, now Where, you know who I am. Wait, there was one for. thing we didn't talk about. What, we not ta- what do we miss? The poem. Oh, the poem. Okay, yeah. So the... <laughs> Thank you. I was hoping to erase that from my mind. Uh, so everyone is huddled under the camp tent because of a storm and to entertain everyone steven fishback decides to recite a poem uh it gave me very like you know i think he was trying to do like uh, open mic poem at the club type of vibe it came across more like high school recital of a poem to in front of the class type of thing <laughs>
3: I I was Abby, Cass, or Kelly in that situation. I would have been behind him, being like, like I would like. It just came out of nowhere, and then obviously, like when you when you listen back to what he's saying, you're like, huh, what? And then you've got. It sounds really bad, and I don't want to bring anything into it. But you could see the ones that were like, oh my god, this is beautiful because of. Um, the fact it was, there was, there was some um, spiritual, and that's the word I'm going to use, spiritual essence to the poem and some, some biblical references. Um, And you saw the people that were very much like, yes this is, this is great. This is amazing. And you're like, of course you like this.
1: Um, Yeah. I mean, listen, listen, I love, I love that, you know, I, did, I do like that he shared something personal to him with the group. I think that's wonderful. I wanted him to go all out, get in the rain, perform to I the that, yeah You know, it, was, it it just seemed just, just so, like, um, was, monotone yeah. in the yeah. tent. It was already like this, and then
3: Stephen just carried on. It didn't actually go up. It just kind of carried on, and everyone was like, was this meant to pick us up, or...?
1: You know what? I did look it up after the episode. I wanted to see how long it was because the episode made it feel, or the way he recited it made it feel like a very long poem. It's pretty short. So I was kind of taken aback by, I I guess he just really dragged out the phrases it was it was interesting but yes he did treat them to a poem savage was like you should do this every day i think it was savage who said oh let's you know let's do one of these a day i love that but i want to get some Ed allen poe in there or something um you know yeah yeah let's change it up let's give it some new genre what would you do to entertain your tribe on camp <laughs> Stand-up comedy.
3: Yeah, I just I, probably roast
1: people. I love a roast. Love a that's, roast. That's gonna win you some friends.
3: Yeah, but just because I have that personality that I will just kind of whip, like quite quick-wittedly say something, and people are like, oh, and I'll be like, I'm joking, um, and then it was just that's the kind of thing I would bring. I feel like I would just kind of bring that funny, irreverent sort of quick wit. Um, that's how I probably try and entertain people. Or I just be like in the corner. Cause I have these moments where I'm just in the corner in my own little world. And I have a stone cold light like, or been, and people just look at me and be like, Ollie what's wrong? And I'm just out there going, sorry, I just zoned out.
1: Wait, but then in a confessional, someone's like, I don't know what Ollie is doing. It looks like he is looking at one of every single one of us like we're not going to win and we need to get him out. And i will just
3: be sat there like, sorry, it's just my face. <laughs> there was some truth to your thing, but it was just my
1: face. Yeah, I still want to win. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going like... to win, but
3: it's just my face.
1: <laughs> Let's go ahead. Let's get into the immunity challenge. Uh, that was a fun little detour. Uh, I... You know what? As much as I will say... On this season, I'm getting a little bit tired of Fishback. I actually see Fishback in a position the way I I feel like he's going to get very close to the end. That's just how I'm sort of perceiving his edit and the fact that he is in a majority alliance. So I feel like he's going to get close, but then cut off. And I want to see how that arc plays out. I want to see if I'm correct about this. All right. So we get to the immunity challenge. And this is a very simple one each castaway will stand on a narrow beam while balancing a ball on a platform at regular intervals. The castaways will transition to a narrower area of the beam, and they will also move their grip farther away from the platform, holding the ball. The last person to not fall off or drop their ball wins individual immunity. Each section is going to last 10 minutes. I just actually accidentally hit something. Uh, And at, uh, We've seen this challenge. It debuted in Kageon. So it was completed by Cass, Tasha, and Spencer. Uh, And if we were there, he would have done this too. And the challenge ended with Tasha beating out Spencer and winning Immunity. I think this is the most excited I've been to see one of these redemption stories on the show because that's interesting that it came down to the two of them. Yeah, so it also brought a new level to the redemption thing of
3: it's not just Cass and Spencer trying to redeem themselves and actually win this time. It's that thing of, Kintasha now retain her title? Because she's, and especially because it was the only other time it's been played was in Kagayan. She's the only one that's won this. So it's kind of one of those, she's now got that on her shoulders being like, I've done this before. Can I do it again? But it was, it was a fun challenge. I feel, like I, I feel like I would have struggled with the balance in, on the ball. The beam, I feel like I saw a trick. I saw a little hack that, during the challenge and I was like, that's actually smart and that's probably what I would have done. But the, it would have been the ball, balancing the ball. That, that's where I would have struggled.
1: Was your hack standing sideways? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So,
3: not, so at, on the first thing, so we're talking about Joe, for anyone that's yeah. sure. You go back to the challenge, everyone else has stood forward and then you have Joe and Keith that's standing on the side. Doesn't work out for Keith, but Joe, he the first round, he is completely like solid to the side and ball like that. And what that does is it gave him a lot more balance on that first section. And then the further down we got, we saw him rotate himself to kind of mm-hmm. almost be facing like the corner, which benefited him a lot more because it took away almost like the gravity element where everyone else was having downward momentum so everyone else was still trying to balance but then having this downward momentum of gravity he was already combating that by being like my body's going this way so it's already hitting the gravity giving myself that correction so now all he has to do is kind of focus on the ball whereas everyone else has to focus on the ball but also their balance
1: the ball the balance and the wind yes so this works out for Joe. He ends up winning immunity and he beats out Spencer. So Spencer doesn't get his full redemption. He does outlast Tasha. So that's something. But Joe ends up getting the win uh, over Spencer. Oh, it's interesting that Spencer made it to the end twice of this challenge, but then yeah. he didn't get it. Probably so annoyed about that as well. I, I know. Also,
3: yeah, the
1: necklace. is beautiful. I was just going to say.
3: Beautiful. I was like,
1: they're going, yes, I'll have that necklace. Yeah, art department really, really did very, very well. I love the necklaces, but this one was, there was something special and royal about this. Mm. So that was uh, really gorgeous to see. And Joe gets to be the first one to wear it. So now we go back to Orkin. Orkin. I got to hear someone say it uh (laughs) it's day 19 still we're now past the immunity challenge a lot happens here so first of all savage is like i really wanted that win i really wanted to make a statement by winning immunity uh to to show that he can hang with the with the younger folk and i want to show a comment from one of our viewers that illustrates exactly what i'm thinking when it comes to savage And Rob says that uh, it's the arrogance that makes Savage an easy blindside target. I agree. And makes it so easy for viewers to root against him. I love that you said that, Rob. What'd you say? the emoji. Yeah, the emoji's wonderful. I think we need a, a, a great personality to root against. And the excellent thing about Savage is that I like that I... I do enjoy him as a person watching him on TV. It's not anyone that to me, I'm like, Oh, I just, I can't wait for them to be voted off. Like I enjoy his storyline so much. And I do love that. We had that moment with him in the beginning of the season where he talked about meeting his wife and we got to see this beautiful side uh, of Savage. So we do need someone to root against That's what makes Survivor so interesting and so. Epic. Uh, But yeah, I definitely agree. And once again, we do record these episodes live. So if you are listening to this on YouTube or on Spotify, feel free to join us next time and engage in our conversation. All right. So he wanted to make a point, but now he tries to convince Fishback, Wiggles, and Joe that Sierra needs to go. But they all want Cass out. So this is is the perfect example of, he was going to
3: try and have the blinders on Ooh, and this is again, this kind of is where, again, the blinders kind of come on and it's a disadvantage to him because he was basically being petty over one comment and he, and if he had pushed too hard, I feel like it could have really bit him in the butt because everyone would have gone, someone easily could have turned around and been like, and to be fair, I think it would have been Jeremy. I, this is my theory. If Savage pushed too hard for Sierra, um, Jeremy would have been the one to call him out and been like, you want to get him out. You want to get Sierra out because she called you out specifically. Um, And I feel like that was good on the other people's parts to kind of be like, no, Cass is the more more dangerous player. And I think the one time Savage did did well is he could tell that everyone wanted Cass. No matter what he was going to say or do, he wasn't going to get his way, so he just had to bide his time. So, yeah, it
1: was, he was just being
3: pain.
1: Very much so. It in a, in a way, it sort of reminded me of when Steven had that moment last episode about how he wasn't able to convince his tribe of the move that he wanted to make, which was getting Joe out. And it really bothered him. And I feel like that's sort of happening with Savage, where he's, he doesn't have that control like he thought he did or yeah. or wants to again it's that
3: thing of we've seen it time and time again of during the swaps he goes into a situation and he already wants to establish his dominance and his control um, I don't think I think this one because he knows he's in such a majority position straight away I think he was able to kind of be like okay I will push like I, I want my I want my opinion to be heard but very clear my opinion is not the majority of the opinions still keeps me safe i'll just shut up.
1: yeah and we get uh, a slight twist on this with joe and spencer they both are starting to get the sense that the numbers are headed in a particular direction and sometimes it's just easier to <laughs> who are you looking at <laughs>
3: i was thinking my brain was
1: just... um... i see that thing is <laughs> out that's so funny um Oh, really. Yeah, you know <laughs> that was wonderful. That's the example. That's where you said that I'm going to be sitting in the corner just staring blankly at my tribe, And I'm listening. I know, I know. My I eyes know. Are there. Sorry to call you out. That's funny. Um, So, God, I don't even know what I was like. But we get the same thing with Joe and Spencer where they know where the numbers are falling. And now they're, they're just deciding am I going with the majority or am I not? And I think they're both getting the idea that it's just kind of easier to go with the majority for yeah. this initial merge boot.
3: Yeah, it's it's Spencer having no issues going against Cass. <laughs> being like, I've got your back, babe. Not this back, but another back. Um, what back that is, I don't know. But yeah, he was, he was very quick to jump ship. But credit to the girls for being very socially aware because yes. you you could tell the girls straight away when no that's going on for too long what's that going on over there that's yeah. what i was looking at i was looking at the beach and everyone talking um yeah no i think i think that the four girls were very socially aware so they were like right let's see if, if they are going to split the boat let's see who we can bring in for it so
1: they do decide so that's what they're getting at you're right so the group on the beach jeremy spencer joe tasha savage kimmy Fishback, Wiggles, Keith, they all decide that they're going to do a 5-4 split, five votes on Cass, four votes on Sierra. Back at the camp, Cass, Sierra, Abby, Kelly Wentworth, uh, they are discussing the fact that they are anticipating a 5-4 split in that same way. Cass says that she only needs one person to vote out Tasha Mm -hmm. with her. That's not a bad idea. I think the way it could have been stronger is if she pitched someone else.
3: Yeah. The only issue is who would have that. The only person she could have pitched that to potentially was Joe. Because when you look at everyone else, well, Savage was not going to do it. Tasha, duh. Um, Jeremy wasn't going to do it. I don't see Kimmy doing it. Wiggles has been wiggles and she's been wiggling away that season um who else is left keith maybe but then i feel like keith keith kind of did allude to cast causing problems so i don't see that happening
1: i also meant the instead of saying let's vote out tasha saying let's vote out wiggles or let's vote out keith someone who hasn't made as much as an impact or maybe i don't think keith would have worked because i know um wentworth has some sort of relationship i mean i don't know what happened their season but like they know each other um but i think wiggles might have been a possible vote here
3: yeah wiggles or even savage if they wanted to get spencer because they could have been because they could have turned around spencer and gone well remember he lied to you remember he wanted to get you out so yeah no, yeah i get that
1: well, Cass tries her best. She tries to talk to Spencer. And Spencer does a really good job here, I think, just sort of keeping it vague, but, you know, not really committing to one thing or the other. Um, giving enough. Yeah, he, he's, he's giving just enough to, to Cass. Um, let me see if I have any other quotes or anything here but i mean it's just more it's more of the same or more more of the same approach of you know like uh we we didn't work together the last time let's work together this time mm. uh, and i think with spencer in particular uh he he says he he wants to keep Cass this time but he's not sure that he has any of the power to really save her at this point i think he has right. a, a point there um and he you know tasha is a friend to him so he's, he's sort of struggling with that too. But I he's excited he, to have power. Yeah, I think
3: he, he knows that there is power, but it's not a lot. And he knows that obviously Cass has shown that he's, they're willing to work together. But I think Spencer has this dilemma of he knows he can work with Tasha. So is he going to try and see if he, they can go back to that? Or will he want to try something new and, you know, have a second chance?
1: And we see that Spencer is all about adapting his game. So now we're at tribal council. This is Joe and Keith's first tribal council this I season. I would be terrified if this was my first tribal council of the season. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but then
3: Joe doesn't have to worry because he's got immunity. Joe, Joe's sitting there still being like, <laughs> I'm chill.
1: Yeah, he's like, I'm, I'm still basically not even yeah. here. But then I think with that
3: immunity, he kind of... He wasn't in control of the tribal, but he was able to kind of be a lot more open than other people were alluding to. Because during the tribal, obviously, he kind of pointed because he was in front of the girls and went, it's one of these three. Just FYI, just throwing that out there. And I was like,
2: what was it?
1: Yeah, that, that was that was great. Because it, it, he sort of answered Jeff's question about, like, you know, we're talking a lot about Cass, Sierra, and Tasha. But shouldn't everyone be nervous? And he's like, no, you know, like, like this is the first mooge, uh, mooge, merge, <laughs> merge, merge boot. And he's like, you said, he basically was just like, it's just easier to get rid of one of the three of them. So that's yeah. what we're doing. Uh, other notable things that happen, Sierra says being at camp is greater than chaotic, that the feeling there because of, you know, the quick, Gameplay that's going on. We've heard that a bunch of times this season. Cass says she isn't the one playing the chaos game this time, but she feels that other people are pretending to play the calm game when in fact they are playing the chaos game. I like that Tasha shut this down right away. I think this was this was I think this was a good move. I think it further separated Cass from yes. the tribe. Yes, it did, but
3: it was literally the Tasha's reaction. I was, I just, it did, it, I was, she was not here for any of it. And again, I agree, it was a good move on Tasha's part to be like, actually, no. There was the tiniest bit of truth there, but there was that thing of the issue Cass has is she is known as Chaos Cass. So if, if you, and if you've already shown some chaotic, tendencies it's going to be hard for you to point the finger because it's very easy to get that narrative on you
1: yeah i could see why tasha was upset by this i could see why it was or you know it was just annoying because yeah. she's been hearing this all day Cass yeah. has been working this narrative all day it is clear to tasha and to everyone else that this these seeds have not been planted properly and it's it's just you know no one's paying attention to this strategy from Cass anymore so i like that tasha was just kind of like can we give this a rest yeah please and she she says like they're trying to mix my words sierra and Cass, in a way that is advantageous to their game and you know everyone else you can sort of see everyone else is sort of humored by this as well. We get a lot of cutaways to a lot of the castaways chuckling um, and making faces to each other about everything that's going on. We get again and again, the Tasha told me Cass, she says, Tasha told me that the buy on Alliance was over Sierra. Like you said, Ollie points out some of these, Hey, there are some things that Cass are saying that are true which I'm just like. So, are you also saying that some of the things Cass are saying, Cass is saying, is a lie? Yeah, it's,
3: to be fair. I do feel like Sierra made a very good point of like you want to be here to play and all that. And again, there was it, it was that thing of there is merits, but then there's also these other things of you don't playing you, playing big doesn't necessarily mean playing good. Sometimes it's that thing of I just need to survive. I don't need to make a wave because if I make a wave, it's going to be bad for my game. So it was that thing of, yes, play to win. But sometimes playing to win means calming it down a bit.
1: I think Sierra was making a couple of enemies as she was going on this. No one likes to hear you're not playing a winning game. Yeah. And you're not going to win in the end. I get what Sierra is saying. I understand there are definitely people who in the lineup of this larger Alliance are not going to make it to final three. If they keep on this trajectory, I get that. And I I see why Sierra wants to point this out, but to sit there and accuse the people who are about to put four votes on you to go home and say that they're not playing the game. Mm -hmm. I'm just like Sierra, it's just not you it's just not the game that you had hoped that you were playing.
0: Yeah.
3: It was it was probably social frustration. I think that's the best way I can describe it. It was social yeah. frustration that she could see it wasn't going in her favor. She just had this really good kind of play. And then um you get to the merge and it's like, oh, I've kind of gone from top to bottom here. And I think where, again, and I think she does have a merit to being socially frustrated when she sees kind of this family just kind of band together and exclude her straight away. Um, Because the thing is, technically, they were both by on and they didn't technically vote off of like, it feels like they've kind of been pushed aside to be like they're not by on strong when technically they voted out of Takeo. They just voted out a Takeo that was getting extremely close to a buy-on.
1: Hmm. That's a good way of looking at it. I mean this was this was an interesting tribal council. I like that I like that there were moments of humor. Fishback gives some really weird responses to his questions at one point he's like oh what typical merge has three small women as the presumptive votes um yeah and i was just like like, i was was, confused by what he was trying to say um and then he also says that there is like an evolution in the way that the entire game is being played i don't know I, i so i
3: think with that it's more um it's more in conjunction with Spencer's big statement because he, kind of, he kind of mentioned that it's not just having this majority. And then you, you hear Jeff allude to voting blocks, which I think is the kind of evolution that I think Fishback is regarding because it kind of seems like with this, especially with this game so far, it has sort of been like, right, how, what, what, what people can we get quickly to form this group? And it hasn't been set people. It's been, like like was mentioned, like Jeff kind of presumed blocks. So I think that is something we could kind of start seeing. Not an actual majority. It's where are the blocks and what blocks can form quickly to get a majority.
1: I mean, that that caused me to go through like an existential crisis of just like, wait, what are we defining as an alliance? And what are we defining as a voting block? Because like, I feel... I, I feel like we've alliances do that same thing. like mm. I understand the logic of a voting block, which is at every tribal, you, me, this person, this person, we're all voting together each time. But I'm like, isn't that an alliance? I think it, it depends on so because I think voting blocks would mean
3: people that maybe not necessarily are in alliance together. So it could be like these three people and these, these two people, like the groups themselves separately are alliance but not together. It's just, we will we, we work like, this is beneficial for us right now. Let's do it. And hey, maybe next time it will work for us again. Maybe it won't.
1: Got it. Well, Sierra ends us out by saying, let's play. And play we do. We have a 6-4-2-1 vote. Six votes for Cass, who is voted out this episode. Tasha, Savage, Keith, Kelly Wentworth, important. Steven and Kimmy, All voted for Cass. Kelly Wentworth initially was supposed to vote for Tasha. Four votes for Sierra. Kelly Wigglesworth, Jeremy, Joe, and Spencer. Spencer, another person who was presumed to be voting for Tasha, at least by Cass. Two votes against Tasha, which were Cass and Abby. And then finally, we get one vote for Savage, which was Sierra. We don't have much time to talk about this, but this was confusing to me
0: yes
3: the savage right ad no i i feel like that was just pay which I'm, i was kind of here for but we kind of mentioned it kelly wentworth vote majority smart definitely smart on her part because yeah. she was like right if i can at least become the last person of this 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 thinking ship it just gives me some time yes
1: it it made me so concerned when i saw that there was a vote for savage I my initial thought was, oh my goodness, Kelly Wentworth and Spencer, their games are ruined because I for some reason I was like, if they had voted for Tasha, it wouldn't have worked. And then to see the the votes play out this way, I I mean Sierra is lucky that all all I'll say is she's lucky that she didn't ruin the games of other people with hers. Um, So that's where we are going to leave it. Clearly, there is a lot that needs to play out in these next couple of episodes so i'm excited to see what comes next again feel free to follow us on instagram at survivor now podcast we're also on x i guess that's twitter now just in case anyone missed that announcement uh thank you again for joining us and we will see you next time